Well, I am excited to share with you this morning. I have kind of a short message, and I want to let you know something. We were supposed to start a new series today called The Test. Uh, It's a series about the trials and temptations and tests that we face in life. And we will get to that series, but we're going to wait one week and start next Sunday. A few days ago, I was thinking about perspectives and this dinner coming up and lots of things that are coming at Plum Creek. And I, I really had this sense that God was leading me to go a different direction this Sunday. So this is not the sermon I originally planned to preach, um, but I want to share what God has put on my heart right now. And this is what's on my heart. I have a conviction that I need to love better. I need to grow in my love for God, and I also need to grow in the way that I love people. I just need to do a better job there. And so today I have a challenge for me and for you, too. The challenge is to love like Jesus. And obviously, Jesus set the bar impossibly high. I mean, he left heaven and he came to earth because he loved us. And, and he took on uh, human flesh. He, he became a servant because he loved us. And then he went to the cross. He literally died in our place all because he loved us. So uh, we're not going to reach that standard at least not in this lifetime. But we can grow to become more like Jesus. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because He first loved us. And this is what's supposed to happen when we give our lives to Christ. First, we're inspired by His love, and then God empowers us to grow to become more like Jesus. So let's do a little evaluation here. For all of us who follow Christ, how are we doing in this area of love? Now, we can all look at our friends and our family and say, yeah, I I do need to be more considerate. I need to be more patient. I need to be more forgiving. And yes, it is true that we need to love those who are close to us. But if we're going to love like Jesus, we need to expand the circle a little. So what about people you don't know very well? What about total strangers? What happens when God puts someone in your path and he calls you to love that person, to reach out with compassion? Do do you do that? See, this is where I start getting really convicted. And I get even more convicted if we widen the circle out as far as it can go. Think about that. What kind of love do you have for the billions and billions of people that you will never even meet? How much concern do you have for people who come from a different culture, who speak a different language than ours, or do things that may seem strange or weird or even wrong to us? What level of love do we have for people like that? Well, if we're going to love like Jesus, we can't draw boundaries. What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world. And in in that verse, the word world doesn't refer to rocks and dirt and mountains and trees. The word world refers to people. God loves every human being on this planet. When a child in Central Africa is sick, God cares. 
When a woman in Southeast Asia is abused, God cares. Whenever any person in any country is struggling or suffering in some way, whether physically or emotionally or spiritually, God cares. And yes, he does love every person in the U.S., but let's think about people outside our country. Check this out. In a 2018 report from the World Bank, uh, we see that close to 46% of the world's population lives on less than $5.50 a day. That's about $2,000 a year. And in some places, people are able to survive with that kind of income. But for millions and millions of people, every day is a fight for survival. I have another statistic that's especially harsh. According to UNICEF, 22,000 children die each day due to poverty. They die in some of the poorest villages on earth. And we're not even thinking about that. But I haven't even touched on the spiritual poverty in our world today. Estimates say that right now, over a billion people around the globe have little to no knowledge of Jesus. Little to no chance of hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ before they die. And according to Scripture, none of those people have the hope of spending eternity in heaven with God. Now, I'll be honest, that statistic is overwhelming. A billion is a hard number to comprehend. How many people is that? How many football stadiums would a billion people fill? I don't know exactly. But I do know that God loves each one of those people. If you were here last week, you heard me read 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. That verse says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Do you see how amazing that verse is? We, we talked about this last week. The return of Jesus has been delayed on purpose. God wants every person on earth to be saved from eternal death through a relationship with Jesus. Everyone. That includes the person who doesn't think God would ever forgive them because of what they've done. That includes the people who don't even believe God exists. And it also includes the people who live in countries where more than 90% of the population have nothing to do with Christ, or maybe they've never heard of him. God has not forgotten those people. He sees them, he knows them, and he loves them. And he is patiently waiting so that as many as possible can come to him. That's the kind of love that God has. But again, what about us? You know, it's easy for us to look at statistics and say, yeah, I see those numbers, and I do care to some extent, but if I'm being honest, my heart is not really involved there. And that makes sense, because it's hard to care about numbers. It's hard to care about people who are so far away or so different than us. And beyond all of that, we're just caught up in our day-to-day -day lives, aren't we? We're busy we're distracted, we've got our own problems, and, and then when you get a few minutes to breathe, you, you just want to 
take some time to relax, maybe have fun, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we need to remember, as we're sitting here right now, people are suffering around the world. People are dying without ever hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, what is our challenge for today? Our challenge is to love like Jesus. So how do we make progress here? Well, to answer that question, I want to tell you about my son's pet shrimp. Uh, a few months ago, my son Luke, he got really interested in fish, and he wanted an aquarium. And he said that he would take care of it. He was willing to use some of his own money, so we got one. And actually, this aquarium has been a lot of fun. We have uh, three creatures hanging out in this tank. We have one fish, a blue gourami named Bubbles. We have a snail named Appleton. And then we have a shrimp, a, a little red cherry shrimp named Tiny. Now, if you've never seen a red cherry shrimp, I have a picture to show you so you can see what they look like. Uh, some of you might think this looks like an underwater bug. I get that. Um, but they can start to grow on you. I want to show you a picture of our particular shrimp, Tiny. Uh, there he is, hanging out at the bottom of the tank. Now, I have to admit, ever since we added Tiny to the aquarium, I've been a little worried. And my main concern has been bubbles. So there's bubbles. And you know, uh, there's some history with bubbles. Once upon a time, we had two fish in the tank. And bubbles killed the other fish. Kind of vicious. And we should have done our research ahead of time, but we learned that a gourami like bubbles can and will eat a red cherry shrimp. So naturally, I started checking the tank every day to see if Tiny was still with us. And it got stressful because I would go a whole day without seeing Tiny. So where was he? Was he hiding? Was he dead? Was he inside of bubbles? We didn't know. Well, fast forward to the present. Tiny is doing just fine. He's adjusted to life in our tank. He's getting along with bubbles. He seems about as happy as a shrimp can be. And you might be asking, why are you telling me this? And uh, that's a good question, but I'm getting to the point. If you find it strange that I've been worried about Tiny, I'll be honest with you, I find it strange too. <laughs> because whenever I'm in Kroger in the seafood section and I see all those shrimp with their heads chopped off, I don't care. <laughs> I feel nothing, uh, no sympathy, no feelings of injustice, nothing. So why is it that I care about Tiny? Well, I've thought about that. I'm still not quite sure, but I do have a theory. Once Tiny came into our home, we started paying attention to him. We started to see him as this underdog, this little guy who might be in danger. And we started pulling for him, like, come on, Tiny, hang in there. You're a survivor. We wanted good things for him. And just like that, a crazy little shrimp is pulling on our heartstrings. And here's the point. If a person like me can start to care about a little shrimp, how much more can all of us care about people we've never met, but people who are still precious to God? 
That can happen. See, if we're willing to get our hearts involved, God will transform us from the inside out. And we will start to care about people all around the world. And even though we can't reach everyone, we know we can't reach everyone, but we can care and we will love whoever God calls us to love. We won't hesitate to reach out to people who are not like us. That's what Jesus did, right? That's what Jesus calls us to do today. In Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. God is not just waiting for people to turn to him. He has a plan. He is pursuing those who are far from him. And he initiated his plan when Jesus came into this world. But the amazing thing is, we are a part of God's plan to save the world. He wants to use us to work through his church, through followers of Christ, to go into the world and make disciples of Jesus. Now, obviously, it doesn't make sense for everyone here to go somewhere else. God doesn't call every person to leave home and carry the message of Christ to another country. After all, that job still needs to be done right around here, but somebody has to go. And whoever goes, they're going to need support, both financial support and prayer support. We all have a role to play in our mission, even if you never leave the United States, even if you never leave your home county. So here's the question I have for you. Do you have someone in your life like Tiny? I'm not talking about a shrimp. I mean, do you have a person, human being in your life who is helping you to love the way Jesus does? You know, it's really not that hard to find that person. You just have to take the initiative. You have to connect with someone who is not like you and get to know their story. I had that experience this week uh, when I got an update from one of our mission partners. I can't tell you who these missionaries are by name um, because they live in a place where lots of people are hostile to Christianity. I can't even tell you what country they're in. I can say that they're in Northern Africa. But in this update, our mission partners told us about a new church plant. It's a house church not far from where uh, these missionaries live. And uh, our mission partners were excited because in that house church, two individuals have a, expressed an, a, a desire to follow Jesus and be baptized, which is great. However, one of those individuals was approached by a couple of thugs recently after attending a class on baptism. And we don't know if they were members of the secret police or if they were just a couple of bullies. But they told this man, stop exploring this Jesus stuff. And the missionaries asked us to pray for this man because he's afraid. And when I hear a story like that, my heart starts to get involved. 
I, I start to care about a person over in North Africa, or a person who I will probably never meet. So what step will you take? How will you take the initiative to get to know someone who is not like you? You could find that person in this community. It's possible. It might be easier to find that person up in Cincinnati. But you could also take advantage of one of the opportunities that you already heard about this morning. In the video we saw earlier, uh, Jared talked about the Thanksgiving dinner that we're hosting for international students from NKU. And if you have some availability on Thanksgiving Day, I highly, highly encourage you to be a part of this dinner. Recently, uh, my family has connected with a couple of NKU students from Ethiopia. And we've had a blast getting to know these guys. And guess what? These days, when I look at a map and I see the country of Ethiopia, I am already more concerned about the people who live there or the people who are from there. That's how it works. So this dinner is an opportunity to take a step in that direction. But you also heard Tom and Sheila and Marilyn talk about the perspectives course. Now, I'm personally looking forward to this. I've, I've never taken the entire course before. I've heard great things about it. But I was able to attend just one session as a visitor. That was almost two years ago, and I still remember exactly what that teacher talked about. It had a big impact on me. And I'm confident that many of us could be a part of at least one of those two opportunities, Thanksgiving dinner or perspectives. But if neither one of those things work out for you, I do have another opportunity. I want to invite you to our congregational meeting and vision night. It's happening here this Wednesday at 7 p.m. And we'll make it available online for those who can't be here in person. And you might ask, how does this meeting relate to what I'm talking about today? Well, at this vision night, we're going to take a look at the coming year. And I am so excited about what's coming to Plum Creek in 2022. We've been praying, we've been seeking God, and He is leading us in an amazing way you are going to have so many opportunities to show the love of Christ, both nearby and far away. See, we've been asking this question for a couple of months now. The question is, in 2022, if we follow wherever God leads, how much good can we do for His kingdom? How much of an impact would God make through us around this world it's a fun thing to think about. I believe God is calling us to love like Jesus. And the love of Jesus, it's not just a feeling. It's, it's not just having a moment of sympathy and then getting right back to our everyday lives. Now, the, the love of Jesus always translates into action. It's, it's a compassion that shows up in generosity and sacrifice. And his love extends to all people. So let's get our hearts involved. We can do that. Let's grow in the way that we love. Let's pray. Father, I, I, I thank you so much for your love. And many of us here have experienced that. We've, we've known your love because of Jesus. But Lord, I, I pray that we won't hoard it, keep it to ourselves 
pray that you will help us grow to be more like you, to care about those who are far away, those who are very different, and those who are up close who, who just need you. And Lord, I pray that you will use our church to reach out to others, to make disciples, and to help people come to know you and to know salvation and the promise of eternal life. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.